already losing my voice. So I was a little excited there in the prayer time. I'm sucking on a Ricola trying to get my voice back. So I said, Lord, you want me to speak or what? Maybe he's telling me just be quiet. Because if we have to come to a service just to get truth and word in us, we're missing it. We come to church to celebrate, but I hope we're getting truth and wisdom during the week, and that when we come here on a Sunday morning, it's just confirming what we're receiving. If we're in a, a model that we have to be here to receive, we're in the wrong model. The church, the true ecclesia, is not built so you can receive. It's built so his power and authority can be extended to all of us. It's the kingdom come, his will be done. The neat thing about that is his kingdom's already here. He's just looking for the ones willing to step in, the, the woman that was bleeding, the, the ones that are willing to take the chance and walk on water, the ones that are actually able to say, Jesus, if that's you, and if he says, it's me, then go, you step in. Well, maybe I need to pray about it. No. Yes, sometimes. Because sometimes we don't hear him clearly. And we hear our own emotional state. And when we hear our own emotional state first, we never hear him clearly. It's not our way and our will be done. It's his way and his will be done in us as it is in heaven. I want to talk a bit this morning about grace. I love grace. You should love grace. It's not a lady. It's a nice name. My mother's second name, Grace, and she actually lived in Grace. And as I studied more and more about this Grace, because I was, obviously we're brought up that it's, we're saved through Grace, by His Grace. But His Grace wasn't to get you saved. That was part of it. It wasn't the end all. And so many of us feel that once we're saved, everything's good. How many of you know that doesn't always happen that way? Once you're saved, it gives you the ability to live in his grace. Grace was his son being sent to a cross to die. And he, got re he was resurrected on the third day. That's God's grace to overcome our sin. But it wasn't the end of his grace. It was the beginning of you living in his grace. And so I want to talk a bit about it. I'll try not to get too excited. I'll be, at the end of the service. I'll be just, uh, <clears throat> one of the greatest aspects of God's grace is actually his favor that's unmerited. Unmerited favor lives in God's grace. How many of you would like unmerited favor? That means favor that you didn't have to work for. That's actually God's grace. In his grace is favor that you don't deserve, unmerited. You don't have to work for it, and you don't deserve it. How many of you know that in a family situation, 
a good, healthy family don't have to work. My, my son doesn't have to work to be my son. It's unmerited favor of sonship. Because when he was screaming with a dirty diaper, he wasn't really working well to win his dad over. It would have been better if he just smiled, did everything we said, never had a dirty diaper, never made a mistake, never had a problem. It would be easy to love that. But the reality is, is that's not how family works. But even in his dirty diaper, I loved him as my son because he had unmerited grace from a father. He didn't earn it. He didn't deserve it sometimes. Unmerited grace is a choice. To live in it is living in the grace that you don't deserve. It's powerful. When you screw up, you don't deserve forgiveness, but it's already given to you before you even screwed up. When you don't feel loved, you're actually in it already. You're in his love. You never lost it. You might have ignored it, but it never quit. Even in your sinful state, he still loved you and had unmerited grace and favor for you. With the prodigal son... When he took his inheritance, ran away and squandered it, even in the pig's pen, living in sin, the father still gave his unmerited grace to the son. Just the son wasn't close enough and willing to live in it at that time. But the unmerited grace when that father stood on the hill never, ever stopped because of the waywardness of his son. Through that blood on the cross and resurrected power, you and I have unmerited favor from the creator of all things. I don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. But you know what? My son could say, my, kid, my daughters could have said, Dad, I don't deserve the love you give to us. I said, what would I say? Smart enough. That's not true. The reality is, is yes, because... You're my everything. You're my, you're my offspring. You're everything that I am and Sharon are for the 34 years of marriage. You carry it. You have it. If I didn't have any money in the bank, if I have money in the bank, it's yours. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. But if we choose not to live in it, you still have it, you just live without the favor. You still have it available, you just live without favor. When I was backslidden, guitarist in a rock band, doing the bars and clubs here, fighting against God, I still had his unmerited favor, his grace. I just wasn't accepting it. We need this to understand this undeserving favor. It gives us forgiveness of sins, but it also gives us access to the presence of God. In the same way that Jesus had access to his own father, you have access to the father as well. The same way Jesus had it because you and I are adopted sons and daughters. Christ is his one and only son. On that resurrection day, you and I had the option to be adopted into the family so you have the same access to the father that his son did. 
We need to grab this understanding because we need to be striving for a life like Christ on this earth. He was the perfect example. I would say the perfect testimony, the perfect theology would be Christ. He understood the word. He did what he saw his father do. He spoke what he heard his father say. This is you and I. When we see the word of God, that's how you and I live. When we read into the New Testament, you and I are those people. The New Testament is speaking of the truth of history, prophesying to you for history. What happened to the disciples was there to show you what should be happening to you. It's not, oh, it happened to them. It must have, we must have the mindset that is designed to happen to us. If we don't carry that mindset when we read through the word, you should not say, oh, that was what Paul said. No, that is what you should be saying. Oh, that is how Paul lived. No, that is how you should be living. Oh, that was how Christ lived. That is how you should be living. Well, I don't want to live like Paul. You don't have to live like Paul. Live like you, but it has to be founded in who Christ is. You might not get thrown in chains. Chains. You might not get thrown in jail. I hope. I hope we don't just live a comfortable Christian life our whole life. He never intended us just to be comfortable and do nothing. He intended that grace allows us to be ridiculed. It allows us to look like fools. It allows us to be accused of turning the world upside down. It allows us to go after the word of God over the word of any man or any government. I'm not saying you go against the government. I'm just saying that this trumps it. Whoops, did I say Trump? This trumps it. Probably just get deleted off of social media now. Said the wrong name. This is the overriding factor of everything you and I believe. Because what you believe doesn't change this. This must change your belief. God gives us this grace to empower us to become like Christ. Sometimes when I, when I grew up in, in an old theology... Uh, you know, dirty, wretched sinners, saved by grace. We'd sing amazing grace like it was super sad. And every time we come to dirty, wretched sinner, we're supposed to maybe feel emotional. And yeah, that's me. Yeah, I'm singing this because it's me. I'm like, I, I, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. A father never sees their son as a dirty, wretched person. Not a good father. Even my own earthly dad and mom, missionaries for 50 years, I don't think they ever saw me as a dirty, wretched loser. Even in my backslidden stage, my mom was on her knees praying, and every morning on my way out to high school, she'd be doing, because I wouldn't sit around the table for her devotions anymore, so I'd get up late, eat quick, get out the door, but here she is. And she's praying for me and blessing me as I'm running down the stairs to go out the house. And okay, mom, bye, you know. Yeah, and you know, da, da, da. And she just goes after it. Her going after me wasn't subject to my attitude. God going after you is not subject to your attitude. It's not subject to your circumstances. 
God going after you is his actual number one desire that he has is going after you. God gives this grace so we can be empowered like Christ. Two parts of God's grace that I want to talk about, because if we can understand this, these two parts, there's many attributes of God's grace. I'm speaking on two parts. The first part of God's grace is he actually gives us access to him. His number one purpose of grace is to give you and I access into him and his presence. When our children were born, Samantha, Justin, and Jessica, when they were born, before, while they were in the mother's womb, they already had access to everything our family had. We laid hands, I would lay hands on Sharon, we would speak to their destiny, we would prophesy their, their husband, husbands and wife, we prophesied to them. Mallory sitting here is an extension of prophetic mom and dad prophesying over their son in the womb. Christopher is the prophetic understanding of the one we prophesied over in the womb over Samantha. Levi is the prophetic understanding and revelation of the prophetic word that Sharon and I were prophesying over Jess's husband. Now, in that, we have Timothy. Timothy is the one we started prophesying and praying over when Justin was still in the womb because we prayed for his wife and we prayed for his children and grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren, and we did with every child because true fathers, fathers and mothers are looking for the grace of access and favor to be established in every child's life to the grandchildren, to the great-grandchildren, to the great-great-grandchildren. So he had access, my kids had access to everything Brent and Sharon have and carry as soon as a sperm and an egg connected. That's when I believe life happens. That's my personal feeling. I believe it's the biblical one. Access comes from the pursuit of God. How do we get that access? Pursuing him. He has the access already. Before the foundations of the earth were laid, he knew you and he sanctified you. He has the access given to you already. How do you know the access? Well, let's use my family. They had to choose to pursue the access of Brent and Sharon Borthwick's home. How? Obedience is one. Disobedience closes access. Even the world knows that. Go be disobedient to a cop. It'll close your access. You'll have access to a jail, but you won't have access to the world. Be disobedient to your teacher in school. It should close your access. Nowadays, I'm not sure. You should not know, will no longer be the favorite child of the teacher that brings them an apple. Remember all those old stories? I tried that with my teacher one time. She threw the apple in the garbage. Well, because she knew my true heart and attitude, I was the worst kid in the class. I just wanted to see if it would work. It was an experiment. And I realized the apple isn't the access. Hmm. 
Our tithe is not the access. But yet, true access will always have giving attached to it. Our service is not the access, but our service will always give access to what we serve. Works the same way on the enemy's camp. You serve, you give into the enemy's camp, you have access to his camp. But you immediately shut the doors to the access to the kingdom of God. You serve the kingdom of God, you give into the kingdom, you have access to the kingdom. And the enemy's camps slam shut. Access comes from the pursuit of God, pursuing God through the new and living way. His name is Jesus Christ. That's how we pursue God. That's how we pursue access. We get access by pursuing God through Jesus Christ in us. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 to 20. Hebrews 10, starting in verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus. (laughs) Brethren, You have boldness to enter the holiest places of heaven by the blood of Jesus Christ. You have been given access by the blood of Jesus Christ. So if we grab that understanding, as soon as we grab that understanding, we have access into the holiness of God. How far you go in is subject to you because he's given it all to us. The only limiting factor is between our ears. Verse 20, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, the flesh of Christ Jesus that was hung on that cross. The more you pursue, the more access he gives you to pursue more. It's amazing, you know, in, 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 in earthly terms, when you're hungry, you go and you eat and you get filled to feed your hunger. And once you're full, you're no longer hungry. In heaven, it works opposite. Your hunger draws you into feeding, and the more you eat, the hungrier you get. If you're not hungry in God, you're not eating enough. Eating what? His word. You've lost your desire and hunger for God? Eat. Not food. Like, not earthly food. Biblical food. Go after it. More and more and more. And the hungrier you get, the more you eat. You sit at the banqueting table, not to be full, fat, and do nothing. It's to get more food in you to do more and get hungrier to do more. The banqueting table is not a one-time event. It's a lifelong lifestyle in the presence. I've tried it physically. It didn't work well. I thought, well, maybe I could just access more food and eat, eat, eat. No, 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 not in the physical world. As I get older, I still think I can eat like a 20-year-old. How many of us have learned it doesn't work anymore? Somewhere around the 40s or 50s, it started to change. Bugs me because I love to eat food. It's probably what drives me to love to eat food. The second part of God's grace, so you have access. His grace gives you access to him. Access to his presence. Access to the power of the cross access to the miracle, healing, signs, and wonders of his presence. The second part is power. His grace has power in it. We, I grew up with this mentality that grace was like the super mellow, calm, laid back, rest, 
We didn't say soak in the group I grew up with, the denomination, never, soak was, we didn't actually never talked about it with God. <laughs> in his presence, we did talk a bit about that. But it was more like, you know what, your grace is just to allow you to live. It's allow you to, allow to get your name written into the book of life. But his grace is power. It's actually unlimited power. If you have access, you have the power of the access. You have his name, access through his name. You have the power of his name. That's why I'll look at some people and say, well, how much Jesus is in you? Well, what do you mean? I'm saved. Yeah, but how much of Jesus' lifestyle is in you? Because salvation was like the first step. Are you in a thousand steps yet? Are you in five million steps? I mean, where are you in the stepping process? Are, are you like, well, I'm, I'm like Christ. Really, that's amazing. What do you do? Like, like, when I read about Christ, he's tons in his in prayer with his father, but he's out there literally on the streets walking from town to town, preaching the gospel, actually preaching the kingdom is what he taught. He actually pro- preached the kingdom. They didn't call it preach the gospel. They call it preach the gospel, but it's preach the kingdom. The gospel is the kingdom. Salvation enters you into access and power of the kingdom. That's what it's about. He was out doing the stuff. We could say doing the signs and the wonders. So if you really think you've got a lot of Jesus in you, then you're doing the signs and the wonders. You have a lifestyle similar to him. You don't have to be him. He's going to have to have a lifestyle similar to him. Yeah, but I'm not an evangelist. Well... Have you talked to anyone about Jesus lately? Well, no, I'm too nervous. Well, well, but you're asking for, in the name of Jesus, have a miracle happen? I want to encourage us all. We are all evangelists. Like The gift of an evangelist is you can get up in front of 1,000 people or 500 people and preach and share the gospel. But we actually all should be evangelists. We should all be going into all the world, preaching the gospel, healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing the lepers, and casting out demons. That's what we should all be doing. And you could do it quietly. Why don't, how about just get behind someone in the mall that has a sickness and you're a little nervous, so just go up and just go to stand beside them maybe and just start praying for them. At least do that. Go after it because when you start praying, you start entering into the access. And when you start entering into the access of God's kingdom, you start entering or starting to get filled with power. And chances are, if you're nervous to pray for anybody in the mall or in the store, stand beside them and start praying. And if you really go after it, you're probably going to access door open, power door increase. And pretty soon you might go, hey, can I just pray for you? Lord showed me that you got a left leg issue, happened from a trauma or an accident. Yeah, but I'm too scared to prophesy. It's because we're not actually pushing ourselves sometimes to get close to the person and start praying. I'm just saying, go after it. We have to go after something or we're going to do nothing. Something causes things to happen. You sit at home and watch bad movies and different things like that. You're accessing, you're opening up your mind to access that realm. If you're going to do that, I sure hope and pray 
you triple, quadruple the time and access good things instead of access a bad thing for two and a half hours, access a good thing for six or seven hours a day to offset a little bit of the issue you just saw. Because we want to walk with power. It's already there. But we have to open the door called access. It's his grace. Power. While we live in God's presence, we receive power. It's automatic. It's, it's kind of like if, if whatever car you're driving, use that as your, I, I'm a car guy, so use that as your life. If you look at your life right now on a power level, in other words, a horsepower level on how fast you can screech or squeal your tires, how fast you can drive down the freeway, that would mean how much you're doing for the Lord what car would you be in, if you're honest? Chevy Chevette? Well, some of you don't even know what a Chevette is. Do we even have Chevettes anymore? No, okay. That's an old one. Yeah, I know. It's right. Whoops. It'll come back, I'm sure. They all come back. Even the Malibus have come back. Everything else come back. So, If I asked you honestly right now, just on the measurement of who you've spoken to about Jesus, on the measurement... It's not even a measurement of how much you spent in prayer and in the word. If you spend time in prayer and word without speaking to people about Christ or about the goodnesses of God, then you're, you're literally a Christian for yourself. But nowhere in scripture is that a principle. You don't get access to just power yourself. You get access in power to empower other people into access in power or you don't build a family. You become an independent lone ranger and it's a lonely life. I've been there and lived there. It's a lonely life. When we live in the presence of God, we receive power. In his presence will be the first trigger to clean up your own life. And as that presence, because presence can't, his presence can't live with sin. The more of his presence, the less sin, the less issues there are in your life. Again, presence isn't praying. Prayer is one of the doors that helps open presence. Imagine if you, imagine if my, my kids came to me, they, or they came, or they felt they, that they were disconnected with dad. And they pray. Oh, he doesn't like me anymore. I think he needs to help me. I need more money. I need more of this. He's just not helping me anymore. I'm like, oh, oh, you know, help me. And I know nothing about it. Know nothing about it. It's a sob story. His access isn't to fulfill a sob story. His access is to limit the sobbing of the story. It doesn't change your story. It can. Your story is your life. Your life is going to have ups and downs. But the more you move into the, his access, which is his presence, the more the ups and downs aren't mountains and valleys. They're hurdles. And the more you learn to be a hurdle jumper, the faster you get and the smaller the hurdles seem. Because access gives power and you become a faster hurdler jumper 
But you know a bad hurdle or jumper in the spiritual realm? Oh, it's too big of a hurdle. Oh, me, what am I going to do? And they camp out on this side of the hurdle. Oh, me, oh, woe to me. No one helps me. No one loves me. If you ever feel you just have to do everything on your own, you're not experiencing the access of the kingdom. And here you are, you're in a down state. Hold it. No, I should be able to figure this out because I'm a son of the king. It's literally a keyboard on a stand. Like seriously, it looked, it looked so big when I was down here just praying about it. I'm not saying don't pray. This just isn't where you live. People say, it sounds, sounds like I'm being blasphemous right now. Have a heart and an attitude of prayer. But prayer is not always on your knees. The answer to prayer is always get yourself off your knees. Does that make sense? Is that clear? You understand? I'm, not, I'm saying pray. But if you're praying down here all the time, never looking at the problem, you're never finding the solution. If you let that thing be so tall that I can't hurdle jump it, God... There's a, there's a keyboard on a stand in front of me. I need to get over it because I know there's more for me on the other side of this. I know this isn't my destiny to be held back by this mountain. Oh, power comes in. Power is a form of wisdom. Wisdom is power. Even the enemy knows that. Control wisdom, you have power. The government can control you to think for, so you don't think on your own. They have power. You lose it. Once you lose your own ability to think for yourself and you live in fear of everything they say, you got to believe everything they say, and fear sets in, you depower your ability. I'm in prayer. It's a keyboard. It's a stand. Oh, well, first of all, I finished praying. I need to get up and look at it. Oh, it just shrunk in half. Oh, there's buttons, these levers down here. Actually, I didn't even have to hurdle it. I just walked around it. It seemed so big and so impossible. It's like it's wrapping around me. That's not too bad, actually. Oh, how do you turn this thing on? I don't even know how. Come on, Donna, help me. Oh. Oh, where are we? I don't know how to play piano. If you're just on your hands and knees, 
or down and out in depression, everywhere you look, it's a mountain. It's a hurdle. Prayer, a lifestyle of prayer, a heart attitude of prayer, opens a door of access of his grace. And when that door of access of his grace opens up, it always has power to overcome every mountain and every hurdle that is in front of you. And you can turn that mountain into music to his ears if we're willing to sometimes get out of the ground of depression. Pray, but live a lifestyle of prayer. I bet it's more pleasing to God that if you prayed 15 hours a day and did nothing, it would be more pleasing to God that if you prayed a life, lived a lifestyle of prayer in your life and accomplished great things for him. That's our destiny. That sounds way better. See, she's conquered the mountain. And then she practiced. I didn't. So if access is here, how many of us know that his grace is already on this room? His grace was before you were born. His grace is everlasting. His grace is not subject to your decisions, whether they're good or bad. His grace sets us free. It's his grace. Again, that sent his son to die on a cross. I can't imagine any one of my kids going to a cross. I would die stopping it. But he was looking beyond the cross. He just needed a willing person willing to go to the cross. Jesus chose to go to the cross. The Son chose to go to the cross. You say, well, no, no, God did. God sent him to die on the cross. No, God sent him to the earth as a man who lived 30 years learning how to access from a man perspective, how to access his father's heart, his father's grace, his father's presence, his father's power. Jesus declares it very clearly that he does everything that he sees his father already do. Praise and glory to my father, worship to my father. He was a son that I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt he could have sinned. Some people would disagree with that theology. They'd say it's impossible for Christ to, Christ to ever have sinned, Jesus to ever have sinned. Well, if he never could have sinned, then what on earth was the enemy attacking him so much for? I believe he could have sinned. He was man, son of God. He had to be. No different than Adam had the ability to sin. One tree, just one tree's fruit. But Jesus didn't eat of any bad fruit in his whole life. He did what his father desired to happen. When I can see Christ with the ability 
that Jesus, I should say, not Christ, the Christ, Jesus, the man, if he didn't have the ability to sin, I could never be like him. But if I see him as a man that lived a sinless life, then I have hope. I have something to go after in my own life, to be like him. The renewed mind of Christ Jesus in us. out, Father, take this cup from me. In other words, I really don't want to go through this. His father didn't look at him and say, but you must, I created you to do it. He didn't say that. It was Christ himself accessed his father's heart. Father, take this cup from me. And I bet his father in the spiritual realm just went, send someone out by disconnecting the family. They're still our family. They're just moving to a different place. I've been praying against them finding a house up there, but they've overpowered me now. I held off for a few years, but anyways, that's just my personal opinion. Let's just reach our hands out to them and bless them. They'll be back and forth, I know it. Father, we just bless Michael and Doreen. We love them. Founding of this church. I see an angel with flaming swords of fire going before you, clearing the path, finding a family, spiritual family that you can link with up there, knowing that you always have a family here as well. So we bless them. Thank you, Lord, for their faithfulness, for the faithfulness of their service. Interesting, I 
never met your first wife, Michael, uh, who passed away. And it's interesting. I see Bob and I see her in the heavenlies right now. And I feel that there is a celebration in the kingdom of dancing in his presence because they have full access. <laughs> so, Father, go before her. Michael and Jereen, guide their way, bless their families. And we send them with blessing and saying, well done, sons and daughters of the house. Well done. Well done. And we're with you in your future and the steps that are yet to come. And we bless them. In Jesus' name, and all the people said, amen. thinking of leaving, the answer is no. Actually, you know what? I'm prophesying something right now. Too many people look for a place to meet their needs. I feel that if you have found this to be your home, stay in the home in the family. If it's another church, stay in the family not saying you don't transition at some point in time because as a believer it's just transitioning from one tribe of Israelites to the next tribe of Israelites so if you are uh, in, the, in, the, in the tribe of the Levites if you're a worshiper I'm expecting that if you transition to another tribe that you're going to bring your talents and gifts of worship you hear what I'm saying but don't transition out of a tribe because they're not doing it for you. Maybe you're not doing it. Maybe the problem's not the tribe. Maybe the problem's you. Oh, I used to have such a big head. Won all these salesmen's awards. And I used to sell yachts and boats, and I'd win award after award in selling in the Vancouver Yacht Show and everything else, quadrupling five times the amount of the next salesman. So my head got big. And then the business wasn't doing quite what I wanted them to do with me. They didn't want to do it my way. I was an employee. So I threatened them and said, well, if you don't do it, I'm out of here. And my boss looked at me and said, bye. I left Stormin, Stormin Norman at that moment. I was angry, furious, probably speaking every curse against that business I could think of at the time. They're going to fail. They're going to shut their door. They kicked me out. You know what? They grew. God, they sold more. How's that possible? I realized I wanted them to be what I wanted instead of me joining the family to be everything we could be together. I pray for every church. Father, we bless Northview right now. We love Northview Mennonite Church, one of the largest, if not the largest church in Abbotsford. Bless them. Fill their house to overflow. 
Fill their house to overflowing, Lord God. Father, for the vineyard of Older Grove, we've met with their pastors. They're amazing people. Fill their church to overflowing just down the road, Lord God. Two, three, four services. Revival to break out. We bless the Older Grove vineyard. Back when I was in grade five, the Older Grove Baptist Church grade 5, 6, or grade 6 and 7, or the Older Grove Baptist. Bless them, Lord. Fill them with your presence and your glory uh, in such a mighty way. Oh, Father, we are not a mountain unto ourselves. We are a tribe. And I pray for Windward, the tribe Windward. Let us do our calling through the access of grace, favor and power. I see people walking in the door that I don't know in the spiritual realm. I see some of you asking and inviting them to come. I see a vision once again that I haven't seen for many years. Gangbangers, hell's angels would come up and throw their pistols and their knives and their colors on the platform and cry out to Jesus. Ambulances driving in, bringing the terminal. The doctor said it's palliative care time. But God said, no, bring them to Windward. Someone's dad has already passed away. 
you feel like you've been carrying the pain and burden of unforgiveness, release it now. You are forgiven, so it's over in Jesus' name. I can see Sharon's mom who suffered a stroke a couple days ago. Clarity of mind now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.
called us worthy to receive your grace, yet we weren't worthy of it. Because, Lord, you don't look at our circumstances and our past. You actually see us and call us worthy because you're looking at our future. You're looking at our destiny. You're looking at our purpose. And I pray, Lord, as one puts to flight 1,000, two put to flight 10,000. And as we have our hands on each other, that we are bound together by an authoritative structure of power, 10 times the power than by ourselves. And so I pray, Lord God, every need in this house gets revealed and the answers of wisdom come that they're no longer a mountain in front of us that we can't climb but we stand up and we look you know, it's just a keyboard we always say climb the mountain there are some mountains you need to just go around the enemy can put a mountain in front of you to distract you and if the wisdom of the Lord is to climb the mountain and hoist your flag on the top, then conquer the mountain. But if the wisdom of the Lord is to dust your feet in front of a mountain and just walk around it to the next valley, then go that route too. I pray that every mountain in front of us that the enemy has placed, it is already defeated in Jesus' name. That mountain could be bad relationship, could be sickness, could be tiredness, weariness, could be depression. Out in Jesus' name. For we stand together and we are the victors through Jesus Christ. And we choose to access God's grace. Just live fat and happy. 